I mean, the theme song is cutting out a lot. It is, so. it is cutting out. You may have to add that in in post. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're here now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. I mean, we, you know, we're just, we're imagining the theme song playing in the background of our cans right now, because we always talk over the theme song anyway. Uh, but now so we'll I'm going to have, have, to, I'm gonna have just, no idea when it ends. I was going to say, you have to kind of just like, I, we've done this enough. I think, I think it's ending now. No, it's ending no. now. Oh fuck! Yeah, yeah see, I just and I nailed a little drum it. fill and at the end there. Yeah, it's okay. You know, you just have to really, you just have to feel it sometimes. You have a, you have a feel for it. You have a good. I feel do. For well, it, I am sure. usually the one who leads off the talking on the show, so I guess that yeah. is my fault, uh, or not my fault, but just my my secret ability. That's like my yeah. power that I will Absolutely. know exactly when the theme song ends. Uh, hello, friends, idiots, and friends who are also idiots. Welcome to your favorite podcast about social media and rejection. It's Blocked Party. This is episode number seventy five. I am one of your hosts. John Cullen. I'm Stefan Heck. And uh, we are pleased uh, to to have a great guest with us as well. Uh, we are a longtime fan of his. Uh, his new podcast, Rude Tales of Magic, is uh, absolutely fantastic. He's also a well-known artist. Uh, Branson Reese is here. Hi, Branson. Hey, fellas. How you doing? We're good. We're hey, good. Yeah, Thank you for being good. here. We've, yeah. uh, whenever I, I think about you and, and, your, and your cartoons especially, I think about uh, a cartoon we we commissioned from you, um, which uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I sort of want to jump right into this almost. Sure, um, yeah, let's get into it. And it was Mr. Buckles, um, the dead bird. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is for our old. Wow, podcast. you're really uh, you're really spoiling the story, Stefan. I mean, some people may not know about yeah, Mr. Buckles. Okay, but just knowing the bird is dead is not really the story. It's how it happened. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually, every I bird it dies. Exactly. Yeah. yeah but not every bird true. dies uh, this way. Uh, yeah. Thank God. Are you do you want do you want me to read the the stories, Stefan? I think have... I think we no. I think we should you, if you have it in front of you, I think we should just jump in right into it. And this yeah, is probably so... going to make uh, if, we, if we get some new listeners, uh, if this is your first time listening to Blocked Party. Um, this might be it for you. You might turn it off yeah. after this story. Honestly, so... we will just let you know we cleared this uh, segment with PETA. Um, they're fine with it. Um, we, you know, we, there was, I won't, I, I'm not at liberty to say whether or not money exchanged hands, but, uh, it has been cleared. So just keep that in mind. If you so have a we'll problem just, with this, we'll just warn you that this, the story that John is about to read and Branson is familiar with it because he drew a cartoon of it and the cartoon yeah. is wonderful. Uh, it involves a, a bird, uh, dying in a, in a ba- yeah. in a particularly horrendous way, but also it's yeah. very darkly funny too. So yeah, so just, just if if you just have so a you problem, know. yeah, this is trigger warning or whatever. We CW, you know, if you if you don't like, and this is not. We should be clear. This is not. It's not like a abuse story. It, it's, it's a it's a child being very yeah. Uh, it's a child. Innocent it's a childhood. Exactly. Exactly. So this was uh, if you were, if you listen to Stefan and, and myself's uh, previous podcast, Real Good Show, uh, we had a segment on that show for quite a while uh, where we asked people to send us in secrets, and we would read the secrets on the show anonymously. And so this is uh, this was a secret that got sent in to us. And some of the secrets on the show were actually like pretty insane and some were a little bit more tame. And this one was certainly one that got uh, a little bit more attention than others. So 
This is uh, the saga of Mr. Buckles. And so, yeah, so if you listen to Real Good Show, you already know about this. But if you've never heard it before, uh, you're in for a treat. Yeah. And part uh, of the reason I, I will before, I mean, I, you know, obviously we want to get into this eventually at some point and, and we're just putting it off and putting it off, it seems like. But I will say part of the reason that it is very funny is because the bird's name is Mr. Buckles. So, yeah, that doesn't help. Uh, OK, <laughs> so this says uh, my secret is that I was complicit God. in the death of a friend's pet. <laughs> When I was 13 or 14, a friend, had, a friend had a pet bird named Mr. Buckles. One day I was hanging out at my friend's place and it was Mr. Buckles' birthday. My friend had a present for Mr. Buckles and wanted it to be a surprise. He couldn't take the bird out of the cage because it would fly away, so I suggested that he blindfold the bird. Okay. We looked around for something to blindfold Mr. Buckles with until I, very stupidly, suggested that we use a Band-Aid. Oh. My friend placed the Band-Aid over the bird's face, oh. put the present, a new God. water bowl in the cage, <laughs> and then ripped the blindfold off, shouting, <laughs> surprise! Uh, the bird's eyes must have been open when he put the Band-Aid on because they detached and came out attached to the Band-Aid. <laughs> Mr. Buckles fell off his perch and died on the spot. My friend was terrified to tell his mom that we had murdered his bird, so we threw it over the back fence uh. and told his mom that it had flown away. I didn't go back to my friend's house for three years. That's that's worse than oh I remember. God. Oh, my God. Oh, the phrase, it's, it's eyes must have been open, is like, to me, that's what's like the most fucked up part. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That if the bird's eyes were closed, then it somehow would have been fine. I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't think so. It's I mean, like I think still... it would have been better, right? It would have just ripped the eyelids off then, maybe, right? Yeah. Which is like not ideal. No, but it, maybe it wouldn't have died immediately. But yeah, I mean, the so the, do you remember I mean, okay, the cartoon you made question. for us, Branson? I, do I, I just, ever? Well, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you want to describe that to, to the listeners? Yeah, it was a, a drawing of a bird, like a cockatoo, and uh, it, its eyes had been ripped out. And I really went, I really went for it on like the eye gore and the, the like uh, ocular nerve or whatever, like connecting to the bird. And I think I might have even spelled out "real good show" like with the gore. I, I, I you think spelled you, out you spelled out "R.I.P. Mr. Buckles. Mr. Buckles." Yeah, with like oh, the, wow. with the uh, with the eye. Like, I don't know what you would describe, like, there's just the stretchy part of the, the back of the eye that's like the connective tissue, I guess. Yeah, the gross shit behind the yeah, eye. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that we're just imagining is behind the eye. Like, we don't, I don't know what behind, what's behind a bird's eyes. I mean, who knows? Two but, guys yeah, definitely probably. know, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, God. here's a weird question, though. Like, do birds have eyelids? Are we sure that they even have eyelids? Like, I know that obviously birds can blink, but I feel like a lot of times it's just because their eyes are like set into their skull, kind of. Does that uh, make sense? Well, the eyelids of a bird are not used in blinking. Instead, the eye is lubricated by the nictitating membrane, a third concealed eyelid that sweeps horizontally across the eye like a windscreen wiper. Uh, the nictitating, nictitating membrane also covers the eye and acts as a contact lens in many aquatic birds when they are underwater. So that's just off the top of the dome right there. Uh, <laughs> So that was what Branson drew the R.I.P. Mr. Buckles with. It was the nictitating whatever membrane. You said. Yeah. Membrane. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So that, that led to uh, this is not like the block I've, I've brought on, but like somebody who had clearly like just discovered me at that time, like messaged me to let me know. They're like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to block you for this. Like this is disgusting. I thought you were a good guy. I didn't know you like promoted animal abuse. It, just, oh. God. Like, I don't, 
I gotta say, you know, like block whoever you want to block. I don't care, but like, I don't think that was promoting what happened to Mr. Buckles. No, I think if anything, it was like a warning. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> don't, don't put, put a bandaid over band-aid your bird's on, on your bird's eyes. Yeah. It was like a morality play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, those kids learned a lesson for sure. And I think the fact that it was children, like if they were like twenty years old and did that, it's like okay, well, that's we're not going to read this. But the fact that they were like ten <laughs> years old. And, yeah. and and just like stupid kids, you know, but I, oh I can't stop thinking about the phrase. The bird's eyes must have been open because I, <laughs> you can just tell that like at 10, he needed it to parch partially be the bird's fault. So he wasn't like totally responsible for killing it. And like that just like stuck in his brain. Yeah. Yeah. He's he he, he like I, I obviously he doesn't know or didn't know at the time about the nictitating membrane. Uh, as Sure. I'm, very familiar with that. Um, but I think yeah. chances are the nictitating membrane was uh, in the process of nictitating. Um, and, I'm and just that imagining anything, uh, so. the two of them are like hanging out and the, the one kid's like, we should put a Band-Aid over his eyes. And the other kid's like, but what about his nictitating membrane? <laughs> <laughs> They're like a bunch of birds would have died, but there's all these smart kids uh, in the <laughs> in the Poconos. I don't know. Is that where smart people are? Um, so. Seems like there's rich people. They give their kids a lot of opportunities. I don't know. But yeah, it, it I think it's yeah. People got mad at us too, Branson. Like I remember there were people who who were like, oh, this is so inappropriate and like blah, blah, blah. But I think like to me, the appeal of it is that um you know, we all did this shit when we were kids, like yeah. every, not not necessarily with animals, but like it, you can tell that it's like obviously a total accident. And it's also something that if you're a kid, I think that does make sense to you. Like, I think when I was 10, I probably would have been like, yeah, let's blindfold it with a bandit. Like, you know, you don't think about those kind of consequences. So to me, it's like, yes, obviously it's terrible. And a bird died in the story. But like. It's not, you know, people were attacking us at the time being like, how could you even share this and blah? And it's like, well, it's more a story of childhood than it is. Yeah. About, yes. It's certainly not abuse. It's boyhood. It's a, it's a, exactly. It's a story of kids being stupid, which I think we can all relate to. But also the the like, oh, that's inappropriate is like, what are you listening to a podcast at church? Like what is inappropriate is like <laughs> such a weird thing to like, just turn it off. Yeah, I think, and we've also said and discussed far worse things on on the show, on yeah. on the previous show as well, definitely. So, uh, and we and we offered a warning this time. We didn't even offer a warning last time. So, I think if anything, we've learned uh, from our errors, <laughs> yeah. huh, just as these young boys have. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same learning process. They're like, oh, we shouldn't put a Band-Aid over a bird's eyes. We're like, hey, before we tell the story about the Band-Aid over the bird's eyes, we have to warn people. Hell, we can put a warning in the episode description, too. You know, we're you know. we're we're smart. We know we know what we're doing here. Uh, maybe we can move <laughs> away from this now, though, because it it's been like 20 minutes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did say you wanted to talk about it, and that's fine. Well, I, uh, yeah, I, you, I knew I knew we I knew it was going to come up at some point. I was like, let's just let's. Let's get this out of the way. Let's pull the band-aid off, so to speak. Um, Whoa. But Jesus I did have I had, a, I had a I had a big week personally. I had a very yeah. big big week personally. Yeah. Um they yeah. started you selling sh- No, they started selling shrubs in Animal Crossing. So Oh my uh, god. Oh really? yeah. Are we going we're going through this again? Oh, of course. Branson, do you play Animal Crossing? I played up until I got So I had a two-star island and KK okay. came to my island anyway. Oh, okay. He just right. I, he just like liked me a lot. I, I don't know the island 
didn't sway was him it either your way. birthday maybe did he no. come for your birthday no oh wow okay he just came and so i was like oh i guess i beat the game and i haven't turned it back on since then but i didn't realize like stuff was still happening in animal crossing yeah, they added shrubs. There's like a little flower salesman. He's like a sloth that shows up occasionally. Um, and there's a guy, there's a fox uh, who will sell paintings. And some of them are forgeries. You have to guess which ones are forgeries or not. Uh, and they've opened an art wing in the museum. So you can sell uh, the art that you buy oh my from this God. guy. Uh, it's, it's, it's great. I'm trying to this get up to five impossible. stars right now. This so. is impossible. I can't, I like that, that Branson is like, yeah, I'm pretty sure the game's over. And then you're like, no, no, they added shrubs. I mean, so, okay. So look, you, you so can Branson, see my, you should get back on there. I don't know if you know this, but big DLC coming out. Uh, you can see, I was shrubs. just like digging up rocks beforehand. Like shrubs is a big deal in this game. <laughs> but Stephen, you can see is that you, that's me in my kitchen. That's my kitchen. <laughs> nice. Look at that. Isn't that great? You know what it looks like? It looks like the kitchen uh, from the episode on Home Improvement where they did the man's kitchen. Oh, wow. Okay. I like that. I was going to say it's kind of like the Bon Appetit. Uh, if you watch no, any it's of much those. worse than that. Okay. I mean, I, well, think, it's, the, I think it's well, quite nice. Because the whole Sorry, idea with the man's bon kitchen. Appet- Sorry, go ahead, Branson. Oh, I was just saying I don't watch Bon Appetit, but I do distinctly remember the Home Improvement <laughs> episode you're describing. <laughs> yes, well, because the whole thing was that the 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 big conceit or the big joke at the end of the of the man's kitchen segment was that the whole kitchen would wash itself. So you never so you didn't have to do any dishes because you would eat at an island in the middle of the kitchen. And then when you were done, the island would just had had collapsible doors. So right. the plates would just go down through the doors. So you didn't your dishes just got thrown in the garbage, I guess. And then you didn't have to clean up the kitchen after dinner because the entire kitchen was self-cleaning. So you just close the doors of the kitchen, push a button, and then it would just like a dishwasher. It was just like a hose. It was like a car wash, basically. Precisely. And then I think someone gets caught in it. I don't know if it's Al or Heidi or someone gets caught inside the kitchen while it's being cleaned. That seems like an Al situation. Yeah, that's that's Al, I'm pretty sure. And then, so it only reminded me of that because the kitchen that you have also has a similar kind of like antiseptic feel to it. Yeah, I mean, because it's like it's all like white. You mean? Yeah, it's just like it looks like it's got like white tiles. It's very spaced out. There's no, not that's, a ton of that's, stuff that's in it. No, that's that's wooden. So the, the it's a wooden floor. So that'd be horrible for. The oh. Yeah, <laughs> it does have like the white subway tile on on the wall though, which which I like. Right. So uh, I think that I, that's what maybe got me. And you can't see it, but I have three sinks. I have a kitchen island. I have like the kitchen set up in the back there, and then I have a little ironwood uh, set up off to the side there. Um, it's great, though. You know, I'm uh, I, like, I, I will say Animal Crossing is a game that I so I played the 3DS one and I enjoyed it. I never got that into it, though. And it's just the new one. It's so relaxing. It's just so therapeutic. And uh, I'm playing that and I'm playing like MLB The Show, which is, I guess, also weirdly therapeutic. I'll just jack it up to uh, beginner mode and just hit like 10 home runs a game. I think maybe. Oh, that's nice. It's it's a lot. It's very satisfying. I think I was I was thinking about this today and I think baseball video games might be the best sports game to play on easy mode um, because there's nothing more satisfying than just like crushing a home run. It feels incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the last time I like seriously played a baseball video game. And I think it it was the uh, the Ken Griffey Jr. like Sega Genesis game. Oh, yeah. Okay. distinctly remember i was like playing with my friend and he was kicking my ass he was just like way ahead 
of it's just like impossibly ahead of me for like how a baseball game can even go. Oh. And I remember we were like in third or fourth grade. And so I was like, well, I, I got to do something to like reclaim status. And so I said that the audience, like the, the people in the stands were cheering harder for my team than his. <laughs> and he got so pissed off that he was again, way ahead. He pulled the game out of the Genesis and like threw it against the wall, like breaking it forever. Oh my God. Nice. <laughs> And see, and this is why people shouldn't get mad about the Mr. Buckles thing. Cause like we all, we were all doing dumb shit. Like I, I can distinctly remember playing RBI baseball, uh, for NES and, um, in the game, the, they had sidearm pitchers. So like if a pitcher pitched sidearm in real life, they, they could make the pitcher pitch sidearm. And so what would happen is when the pitcher pitched sidearm, the pitch would kind of come across the plate at an angle and so I found it like really difficult to hit. So yeah. my friends and I would make a rule that you couldn't put in any sidearm pitchers. And so we, so we would do that. And then one game, uh, but you couldn't, you didn't know, right? Like we didn't have gamer guides or you didn't know who the sidearm pitchers were. So sometimes you'd put in a relief pitcher and then it would turn out that they were sidearm. And then you'd, you know, the respectful thing would be like, oh shit, they're sidearm. Sorry. And then you would replace them. Well, my friend did that one time and he put in a sidearm pitcher and he pitched sidearm and then he I was like, OK, well, you got to take him out. And he's like, no, I'm leaving him in. And I was like, what? I was <laughs> like, we up. said no sidearm pitchers. And he's like, I never said that. And I was like, yeah, we agreed. We've oh always played God. with no sidearm pitchers. Uh, so I punched him. Yeah. Wow. Just punched him in the face. And then he, and then he started crying. Um, and then his dad came in and his dad was just like a very calm man, I have to say. And I played hockey with this kid for years. So I'd known him for a long time. And his dad just walks in the bedroom and he goes. I think you should go home now. <laughs> Whoa. And I was like, yeah, all right, wow. sure. And oh so then I had God. to call my parents and like my friend stayed in his room <laughs> oh. because he, I guess he got punched. And then, and, uh, you know, I'm not a good puncher. It's not like no. I don't want this to sound like I, you know, knocked you his block off his or something. Ass, yeah. yeah. Wail on, it just one Kicked punch, his dad's but. ass too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then I ripped my shirt off and I was like, you want to go dad? Uh, I never, yeah. so I never had that specific like we we would have so we had one rule uh, for Madden I want to say 2002 whatever the one was where Mike Vick was just like unstoppable oh oh five I think right he was on the cover I feel like it was even earlier than that because I think was it was it? still yeah um, but anyway um, he was just like he was ridiculous like if you ran with yeah. him um, it was a touchdown every single time so we had a rule where it was like I think there was like either a limit to the amount of times you could run with him in a game. Or you just couldn't run with him if you right. played as uh, Atlanta. Because Atlanta was still like a good team other than Mike Vick. And they were fun to use. Uh, and he had like a decent arm and everything too. But if you ran with him, you would just score a touchdown, I would say, 90% of the time. Like he was unstoppable. Um, but we we never broke those rules, unlike unlike your friend. You know, we didn't want to get punched. So <laughs> Sounds like your friend deserved what he got. I agree. Wow. Thank Absolutely. you guys for yeah. supporting me. Like, no, we're, 20 on, we're years on your later. side. Yeah. I've been harboring a lot of guilt about that. So I would no, play worry. like That's a nice. Tony Hawk pro skater with my little brother. And there was no like rules. He just was much better at the game than I was. So it would like, we could play for like 10 to 15 minutes and then I would get pissed off and like have to go take a walk because he was just like kicking my ass. <laughs> it's humiliating. I just go like Don't- rip a bird's eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you're like, the Mr. Buckle story wasn't offensive to me because it was an accident. And I did it plenty of times <laughs> yeah. on purpose. So I don't know what these guys are mad about. Kids are soft. <laughs> I was I was honestly never a big Tony Hawk guy. I think I had Tony Hawk 2. Uh, and I enjoyed it, but I was never like hardcore into it. Like I only really got into skateboarding games when Skate and like Skate 2 came out. Um, oh, really? Yeah, because that just like, well, I played Tony Hawk Underground, which I think was, is that the first open world Tony Hawk game, I guess? Uh, I think Tony so. Tony Hawk 4 is kind of open world, though, yeah, too. But Tony yeah. Hawk Underground was a little different. But yes, Tony Hawk 4 was kind of the first open world, but you still had to complete certain challenges and stuff like that. And then yes. Underground was was uh, was a lot more character based and stuff. I just remember the thing with Skate and Skate 2 was how you could like injure your skateboarder. Uh, and just like absolutely destroy him and you would get like points and like rewards for injuring him extremely badly and like killing him legitimately. And I think it was skate two where there was one drop that was like off the side of like a huge hydroelectric dam. And it was so hard to like nail the landing. Um, but if you did, you got going with just so much speed and you could launch like 200 feet basically. And and then you would hit the ground and just just roll for like another 300 feet. And it was like the funniest thing in the world. And I would just do that over and over again. And I don't know if you had any other if you guys had any games like that. Like the other one to me would be GTA 4. There was the swing set that was like glitched out on one of the first islands. And you could drive a car into it from a certain angle and it would launch the car like a thousand feet in the air. Um, oh, and so I rules. would just do that for hours as well. Like I don't know if you guys had any glitches or, or stuff like that that you would just take advantage of. The only thing I can think of like that, I'm thinking of the Grand Theft Auto, the like, isn't there's one where you can like go to the airport or some shit or like, I don't remember. I only played it a few times, but I remember like going to the airport and my like my wanted stars went from like one star to like a million stars just from like walking into the airport. Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. That's that's a you'll immediately get like a full six star or five star, whatever it is. There's, there's that. And there's the military base as well. Yeah. Oh, I don't think that's a glitch so much as they just like, they understand that you shouldn't walk into a military base with a gun. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah. just like a good lesson for a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't do any glitches. Uh, I played, I played games properly. Um, unless you used a sidearm pitcher and then I punched you, but, um, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, Tony Hawk is probably my best video game. I would say, like, I think if Tony Hawk had, like, an online mode when it came out, like, I could have been a really highly ranked player. And, like, I think it's my best video game. Really? Wow. Yeah, I got so I got so into it. I would say every Tony Hawk from one to four, I beat the game with every single character. Because you used to have to, like, Damn. to unlock the secret skaters, you would have to yeah. beat the game with every single skater. So I would do that on every, on every Tony Hawk. I just loved it. I, to me, it was a great game to play because... It had a good soundtrack, but then once you got sick of the soundtrack, it was a really easy game to like put on your own music and then play the game with with your own music just playing on the stereo. So it was kind of more like a vehicle to just listen to music and just fuck around. And I also <clears throat> I think I guess probably Tony Hawk 2 came out when I was still in high school, I think think mm -hmm. and uh my high school girlfriend you know she had to talk to me on the phone all the time so we'd she'd be on the phone with me and i'd just be playing tony hawk while we're on the phone. <laughs> we just we had one of those high school relationships where it was like we'd be at school together all day we'd hang out together immediately after school and then she would go home and call me as soon as she got home you know 
That's so cute, John. No. I love that. Nope. It was not. <laughs> Someone should have put a Band-Aid over that relationship's eyes and pulled it off. Um, Did she know yeah. you were playing Tony Hawk? Uh, I think she knew I played video games while we chatted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I, like I wasn't too distracted or anything. I just would because I, I had a little headset for my landline. So I would have the headset hooked up oh to the landline and then I would just be playing. Damn playing tony hawk yeah you know it's really cool just really cool shit the one thing i will say uh, uh just to touch on the gta thing I, d- I didn't really i never really played games for glitches but the one thing that was fun to do in gta 5 is like to like do 9 11 where like you well, basically like you, i you mean take, yeah but it, it it wouldn't actually explode the no building. unfortunately it wouldn't explode the building it would explode the plane so yeah. you'd fly the plane towards the building and that then is you, unfortunate and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you eject yourself just before you hit the building. And then like, as soon as the plane hits the building, it immediately goes to six stars and then you're parachuting down and the flaming wreckage of the plane is like falling around you and you parachute down to the ground. And then as soon as you land, there's just like cops surrounding you and you have to try and get away from them. That's so funny. I mean, you, you guys are probably the same as me where any open world game where there are like tall buildings, the first thing you do is climb to the top of the building and jump off. Right. Yes, yeah. Uh, so I got the the most recent Spider-Man game uh, for the PS4. It's very fun. And that's the first thing I tried. Um, except there's no, like, fall damage. You just, like, land. So, like, yeah. I jumped off the top of the Empire State Building, and he's just, like, totally fine. Bullshit. It's like a game built to, like, stop you from doing that. It's like, yeah, no, that's what we want you to do. And it's like, well, then I don't care <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you like mean Skyrim. when I get close to the road, I'm just going to shoot webs out of my arms and I'll be fine? Yeah. What? Yeah, no thanks. I want to, like, take a horse in Skyrim and, like, run it off a mountain and we both die. Like, that's how I want to play a video game. Yeah, that's the first thing I did in Red Dead Redemption 2. Was oh, just God. Take, take, like, a stagecoach with, like, four horses and just, like, go full speed uh, off the cliff next to the big, like, uh, train, like, bridge or whatever uh, in the starting area. And it's the, it's so funny. It's and so listen, fun. And on like, this podcast, we do not condone animal abuse. And uh, we're not, uh, you know, <laughs> like that, that was our <laughs> earlier stance. You're like, well, the first thing I do when I get these video games is get myself an animal and I launch that shit off the cliff. Well, it's more just that there's no cars in <laughs> yeah. Red Dead Redemption. So that's the equivalent of like, a, uh, that's the, the, the four horse stagecoach is the equivalent of driving a bus off a cliff in GTA. So. I mean, if I knew everything I did to a horse in Red Dead Redemption would happen to a real horse, I would put the game down and wouldn't play it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm uninstalling it right away. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize your bounty followed you when you die. I thought it was the kind of game where like you die and then it would like reset. And so I just, I kept dying and my bounty was going up and up. And so I was like, oh, I can't figure this game out. And so I stole a train and went to like New Orleans. And as soon as I got there, (laughs) the whole city, like citizens arrested me. (laughs) Oh man. John, have you played uh, Red Dead Redemption 2? Yeah. Yeah, I beat it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I I never played Red Dead 1 actually. Um, But uh, yeah, I really liked Red Dead 2. I thought it was really good. A lot of people you know, had complaints or whatever, but I thought it was pretty no, I, damn good. I thought it was a lot of fun. I liked the slow pace of it, to be honest. I like just like wandering around on a horse. Like, well, and honestly, like so one of my fun. favorite video game scenes of all time is in that game where you, where you're without spoiling too much, you'd complete a big mission and then you're, you're riding back to your camp and you, mm. um, 
<clears throat> and you you're not in control of your horse the game is controlling your horse for you you're riding back to your camp after like completing this huge mission you've been working towards for a long time and then uh, an unreleased d'angelo song is yeah. playing in the background whoa it's really? incredible yeah yeah, yeah you, like people it was one of those things where it took people like kind of two or three days after the game got released before they realized like oh, there's like this cool scene or this really great songs playing in the background. Like wh- who did this song? And then just D'Angelo like shadow released this song. Like, oh yeah, I did. They asked me to do a song for the game and I just did it. So, and yeah, it's such that, a good song. It's unreal. I think it's called. Yeah. So oh, that I might of, have like, to, that, that just locked me right in. Like as soon as that, ha- I mean, it was pretty far into the game, but like when that happened, I was like, okay, this is so fucking cool. I loved that part. Well, John, shall we? Uh... <laughs> that was a really weird silence. We don't. No, I know. Have I was waiting. I was show. waiting. I was because I'm, it's I'm, I'm I took taking a sip in my of head. water, and then I know, I... I, and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see you take the sip of water because I, I was like, "This is this is when John. This is the segue time." I, yeah, I was feeling I the segue it. vibes. I would have yeah. done it, but I was I was leaning into my water. So my apologies. Yeah. But now that I'm hydrated, let's move on to our social media updates. Branson, we always like to start with the guest. What's going on on your social media? So I apologies if everyone keeps talking about this, but the the only thing I keep seeing day after day on my feed is that huge fucking baby. <laughs> no, we haven't talked about it on the show. We yet. haven't talked oh, about the baby yet. Yeah, great. Yeah. I'll be the guy to talk about the baby. That baby is massive. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up because I was like, something's like go to a hospital, but like it's it turns out the baby is three. And yeah. they were just like, he's just got like a baby's head, but he's a three-year-old. Yeah, so, so he's a toddler. I mean, it's still a huge toddler. That thing's and also, massive. Yeah. Is, but it's a, toddler, in... it's a toddler cosplaying as a baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, because isn't the baby in diapers in the videos? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. like probably if your baby's three, I mean, why aren't more people talking about that? You know, he's in diapers and he, he looks like, uh, the, cigar smoking baby from who framed roger rabbit oh yeah baby herman yes yeah he looks almost like he's a he's a bigger version of that baby but he has that like classic baby look you know what i mean he does he looks like a rubber hose baby design that's just like 200 percent bigger his head almost kind of looks like when you do a still frame of his head it almost kind of looks like the you mad meme to me like his head's got that weird kind of shape to it yeah and, and he does sort of also look like. Do you remember the baby that covered himself in peanut butter from a few years ago? Do I ever? Oh yeah. And and he just looks. He just looks at the camera and he goes like, uh, bah. and that's, that's he just covered it. It looks like he's covered in like it looks like he's covered in shit, but it is peanut butter. Um, he sort of looks like a bigger version of that baby. He does look get, like a, like an old cartoon of like a landlord or something like this, like <laughs> like a big guy who's like an authority figure. And before. Yeah. Anyone tried to come for me for this. I saw a lot of people were like complaining. They were like, don't shame this baby. You know, like you guys are so cruel to be making fun of a baby. It's like if he's a baby or if he's three, he's not reading yet. He's not going to read. He's definitely not going to like go back years later and listen to this episode. Like I can talk about a baby. Yeah. And first, also, if the baby didn't want to get made fun of, he shouldn't have posted that shit online in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You get what you ask for, you son of a bitch. What did you think um, was going to happen, baby? 
I feel like shithead. it's, it's going to be he's going to be this generation's equivalent of the Nevermind baby. Oh, like yeah. 20 years from now, there's going to be like a GQ profile like, oh, this is big baby and he's all grown up or whatever. Every so, few uh, years, that guy gives an interview where he's just like, yeah, my my dick is adult size now. <laughs> where he like has to clear the record <laughs> i wonder if he uses that lot like i wonder if he uses that with uh you know someone he's trying to pick up just like yeah i was i was on the nevermind cover so hey are you familiar with uh the band nirvana okay so you have so you are so you have you've seen my penis yeah so you've right. already seen it i, I just mean, but i just want to well. make it i just want to make it clear yeah. I, it's not as like Cause I'll admit it back then it, it was small for a baby's penis. <laughs> sure. I'll just, I'll just come right out and say it, you know, but I'm not afraid. I just, I just want to make it clear. It's normal now. It's a regular, I don't still have a baby's penis. I mean, I don't know why people would think that because I'm a grown man, you know? So obviously the penis grows too, but I just want to let's just clear the air here. All right. Before we, we head back to my place. I don't have a baby's penis. Okay? Meanwhile, just, yeah. the in utero baby never has to talk about any of this shit. <laughs> the oh thing is though God. he's he, the guys the, the baby has recreated the cover i think like 20 years after whatever he recreated the cover yeah. but he was, wearing, he was wearing like a bathing suit I think. yeah he was wearing a bathing suit very we already saw it what's the point you don't uh, whatever yeah. <laughs> you know yeah we've I'm already seen guy. it dude come on you know i'm gonna i'm gonna photoshop the baby's penis onto the recreated photo of that guy yeah. Yeah. I think that's fine, right? That's, that's what the world that needs right now, for sure. Am I allowed to Photoshop a baby's penis onto a man? Is that okay? I I mean, you know, it's his. It's his penis. We've already seen it. You just probably asking... the most famous baby penis in the world. It's up there. It's definitely up there with like a, a like first painting of Cupid or whatever. Yeah. If I if I if I tell you to picture a baby's penis, that's the one you picture, right? I it better be. Yeah. Oh my God. So I don't know. I think it's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna see it if I can maybe be. I'll maybe I'll ask the famous ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I like the idea of um of that you let you you know how big your penis was when you were a baby, like relative to other babies, and you use that to like explain like like someone like you hook up with someone, they're like, Whoa, like you have a pretty big dick, and you're like, Yeah, and you should have seen what it was like when I was a baby. It was actually it was, quite it small. Was, it's kind of a it was crazy very small, yeah. Kind of a crazy <laughs> story. Because <laughs> it's like <laughs> the other thing is I was a I was a very big baby when I was when I was you a were. baby. You were guess, a you know. huge um, baby. I wasn't the size of so the big baby who's three years old or whatever. I was not that big, but when I was like one year old, I was gigantic. Like I was a massive baby. And now I'm just like, I'm smallish, you know, I have a very slender frame. Um, and well, you got so it out I, of your system. Yeah. So I'm wondering, <laughs> I mean, I guess this baby's three. So there's, there's probably less of a chance that he is like regular. Like, I think he's going to be huge. This baby is right. What you're saying is like, it'll be really funny if that like GQ profile 20 years from now, he's like short. Yeah. If he's like my size, I think that would be right. Wonderful. Yeah. So I I hope he gets bigger and bigger. I'm like, God bless. Like, I'm not saying it's bad that he's a big baby. I just like, I noticed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I would, we're overdue. I think for, uh, someone being like eight feet tall. And like 600 pounds or whatever. Like, when's the last, yeah. like, it was Robert, uh, what's his name? Robert Wadlow or Wadlam or whatever. What's his name? 
You know the guy. Why from are the, you asking me like I know the this guy's name? You, I'm sure you know this guy's name, Robert I'm Wadlow. Positive, I don't. I don't know. You think I know who tall people are? Like he, that's not. When he died, he was eight foot eleven. Oh, so, you're talking God. about uh, Robert Pershing Wadlow. He was born February 22nd, uh, 1918. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, and that's just off the top of your dumb. Uh, yeah, also, yeah. Also known as Alton Giant and uh, the Giant of Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wadlow reached eight foot eleven point uh, one inches. Uh, bracket uh, two, close bracket. Black bracket four, uh, close bracket, bracket five, <laughs> close bracket. In height and weighed four hundred thirty nine pounds, one hundred ninety nine kilograms. At his death at age twenty two. So yeah, I think we're overdue for uh, man. Maybe this is the baby. I, I want. I want another nine foot guy. You want a real tall. I want a, a nine foot guy. A yeah, tall it's guy. Time. Yeah. I mean, you know what his shoe cool. size was? Thirty seven damn that's that's fucked why bother with a number because it's not like there's like a size 35 to like compare it to (laughs) yeah that's true just just call it a wadlow right at that point just name the size after him yeah Yeah, give him something that could be a length in like a horse race (laughs) and they're coming around the bend he's two wadlows ahead of (laughs) he's uh his coffin measured 10 foot 9 inches by 2 foot 8 inches uh, and and weighed over one thousand pounds. Wow! Oh my god! And that's good. That's good stats to know, you know, because I think that's what you think when you think of the tall guy. You're like, you know what? How big was his coffin, though? Someone better tell me, or I'm going to be pissed off. So, so he was good. okay. So by the time he was holy shit, by the time he was a year old, he was three foot six. Damn. No, come on. Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, dude. Yeah. At a year old, get real. When he was seven years old, he was he was my height. He was five ten. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> come on now. Yeah. Oh. It is hard. I, I, I was thinking about like big babies and stuff. Like it is kind of weird when like I know in particular I had one friend who had a pretty large baby and more like thick than than um than tall but like it, you almost don't even know what to say really because it's like this it's like this weird obvious thing about the baby like i remember when he was about 11 months old he was almost too heavy to carry like it was uncomfortable to have him like in your arms he was so heavy and but so you kind of like whenever you're holding someone's baby you want to say something about the baby but the only thing you can think to say is like holy fuck this baby's heavy as shit but you don't want to say that either so it's like this weird you're just so you just kind of sit there and you're like like you're just trying to keep the baby afloat and not drop them and like i'm sure they know obviously that the baby's huge but you're like fuck this is a weird it's a weird thing to have happen because you want to say something uh, yeah it's like the curb your enthusiasm episode where larry's at a pool party and he uh compliments uh a parent on their toddler having a big dick for a toddler (laughs) and then then the parents get like so mad at him Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah it's like that it's exactly like that. It's exactly yeah. like that. <laughs> Stefan, what's going say, on your social media? Sorry, Branson, <laughs> if you can finish and then Stefan will go. Oh, uh, it's not worth it. I was just going to say, if I ever have a huge baby, please tell me about it. I'm going to want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Be proud of it. Ab- embrace it. Absolutely. Well, the one yeah. thing that's nice is like you could make it kind of like you can memeify it now. You'd be like, oh, your baby's a chonky boy or whatever. You know, like you can kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Go yeah, that way. My he's baby's a, like when Bugs Bunny got big and he's big chungus. You guys like that? <laughs> this is my son. That's, that's funny. That's the thing from the internet. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. that's good. I like that. Yeah. yeah so my like thing, I guess, uh, is also from the internet. And oh, okay. I, Your social media so, updates from the internet. Yeah. Sick. Uh, I thought it would be funny, and I thought it would be an obvious enough joke to say that the Stakeums guy (laughs) is David Koresh's son. Uh, Because I was watching Waco, which which hit Netflix Canada this week, Um, and so I uh, and so a lot of people were like, "Oh, he photoshopped the screen grab from the Washington Post." No, I didn't. I know what I'm fucking doing here. I inspected the element and then changed the element. And that's the way you do it, okay? It's not Photoshop. So give me some fucking credit, first of all. <laughs> yeah, second he inspected all, an element, okay? Yeah, that takes that takes work. That's harder than Photoshop. I, I'm but, gonna do I'm gonna do a, a Venn diagram that's one circle, and it's uh, and it's like Stefan Heck and Stove Repairman. Oh, that's okay. That's good. No, I like that. That's Thank fun. You. That's Thank fun. You. That's Both just inspecting good elements. But I Thank so you. I tried to make and the you joke can also as, put uh, chemist in there too. <laughs> okay. Well, I tried, yeah. Jesus Christ. I tried to make the joke as obvious as possible. Um and so the the first line is is just a little, you know, it's uh the 28 he's the 28-year-old son of David Koresh, notorious leader of the Branch Davidians. So, first of all, on its face, I think the Stakeums guy being the son of David Koresh, like that's a joke right there. Like that yeah. should be an obvious enough joke. And I think my mistake was underestimating how credulous uh, verified journalists on Twitter are. Um, because I also added a second line, which is the Stakeums guy is like quoted and he's like, the voice is based on a combination of brand features, like it being a family owned frozen meat company built by the working class. Then me trying to personify it based on those features, my own thoughts and an adaptable human-esque style that feels like someone you know. And I learned all this from my father, David Koresh. <laughs> so I added that to be like, if you didn't think it was a joke at first, like this is the punchline. No one in their right mind speaks like that. And David Koresh is not teaching this guy how to run a social media account. Okay? Yeah, he's been dead because for da- how many years David now? Koresh died in 1993. And also I have the guy's age in the screen grab. So he would have been one years old when his father died. So again, it, if, if, if for whatever reason you were fooled by this uh, and you are a verified journalist and you didn't take 30 seconds to A, look up the news story and, and see if that was in there, which is, again, that takes 30 seconds. B, uh, just look on my timeline. My pinned tweet is also a photoshopped or I think this was a photoshopped screen grab and it's designed, it's meant to trick people. It's a joke, but it's clearly a joke. That's the first thing you'll see on my feed. And then you scroll down and the most recent post before that was a video game wrestler shitting himself and his trunks say poop on them. Like, I'm not breaking any news, you know? So just, and then, so my replies were all these uh, journalists saying like, oh, you you tricked us, you know? Like, what what's, what's the end game here? The end game here is I wanted to tell a fucking joke that people found funny. But it's like, it's like, that's the end game, you moron. Like, you getting tricked is very funny. Like, that, I'm satisfied. (laughs) Yeah, that is, so I'm not going to lie, that is also part of it. Um, But it was was shocking to me just how many people were tricked by it. And I think what it is, uh, it's not my followers. It's when people who follow me and get the joke retweet it, and then it just exponentially 
grows and then oh, yeah. it's out of my control at that point, right? I think I might again, have made that worse for you. Sorry. No, no, it's it's okay. It's okay, Branson, because I, I did have a lot of fun. But uh, there was one guy in particular uh, who who said he was going to block me for it because he quote tweeted and was like, this is unreal. I can't believe this. Then someone corrected him and was like, you know, this is like a joke, right? And he's like, oh, this is un- I'm going to I'm going to block that guy for for tricking me. He didn't block me. Uh, he worked on uh, MSNBC um, with Chris Hayes. And Keith Olbermann, and he worked on CNN with Anderson Cooper. He used to work for The Daily Show. He works for The Young Turks now. His name is Jonathan Larson. And he just tweeted at me and said, this appears to be fabricated. Please explain. <laughs> God. <laughs> and then I Please just replied to him and said, Please yeah, explain. Like, like, I'm supposed to help you? You're a journalist, or you at least work in a journalist-adjacent field. Like, So I replied to him, and I just said, well, Jonathan, if you took 30 seconds to either look up the original story or scroll down my feed and see a picture of a video game wrestler having diarrhea, maybe you wouldn't have been fooled so bad. Good lesson for you, though. So, yeah, I don't know. He's it's it was it was a fun day online. It's like, I don't know if I've ever been I've certainly been tricked before, like I'm a human being, but like I've I don't know if I've ever been tricked. And then my impulse rather than just like being embarrassed and shutting up about it. Why would you then shout, you tricked me? That is like the most satisfying thing to do for the person <laughs> yes. who did the tricking. Yeah. That was, that, like, was, that was the best part. I also changed my name to, uh, what did I change it to now? It's parody account humor parody satire. So. God. Problem just solved. So, just so people know. I'm yeah. still waiting for you to do this the next time. And then people will be like, we'll do the exact same thing again. I'll be like, hey, look at my name. Even my name is not. But I think it's just it is honestly just a symptom of the blue check mark. Like people just sure. see the blue check mark and they just they feel like, OK, well, I don't need to do any research about this guy. He's got even though people from many different fields all across different platforms and backgrounds, whatever, have a blue check mark for some reason. If you do something like that, that looks kind of pardon me, journalism adjacent and you have a blue check mark, they're just like, oh, okay, go off Kings. That must be a news service I haven't heard of. Is that, <laughs> yeah, it's like an Estonian news service, I think, yeah. or something like that. I can't, uh, yeah, it looks like this was coming in from Tallinn. It, I don't know. It, it is the check mark, though. It's the same thing. Um, that's why our friend Jesse Ferrar is able to piss people off so bad, right? Like, that's right. why he got on mm. Fox News. You know, it's having that blue check mark that just drives people completely bananas. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love having it. That's why. Yeah, exactly. No, that was awesome. That was great. Yeah. Uh, I had a similar, I had a Twitter run in this week, but I'm not going to get into that right now. I'll, I'll get into that at another, at another later date on a, maybe on a Cullen the Herd episode, but, uh, okay. cause I just, I saw, so obviously this week, uh, the NFL draft has been going on and that has been a, a plethora of content because, um, they're doing the, the draft remotely. So they're, they're kind of broadcasting the GMs uh, of these teams, making the picks in their houses, uh, and, uh, to varying funny results. Uh, but there's been two, there's been two kind of stars of the draft. The first one, uh, is Jerry Judy. Uh, I'm not going to get into that because a lot of people have already covered this on Twitter, but he was the number 15 overall pick of the Denver Broncos. And someone found out that one day when he was about 14 years old, he had a real um, affinity for Big Bird, and he was starting to wonder like uh, what all these situations would be like if Big Bird oh. were involved. Uh, that yeah. were very good, so you can check. And that it was out. it was and, it was all over the course of like two days as well. Yes, yeah, exactly. He's just tweeting he about just, B- Big Bird fucking Elmo. 
yes, he had that. And he was like, oh, imagine Big Bird, like trying to go to sleep in like a regular size bed. You know, it was like stuff like that. Um, but my favorite Jerry Judy one that kind of flew under the radar is that he wears a Star of David necklace, uh, not because he's Jewish, but because his teammates call him Jew for short, because his last name is Judy. Uh, so, whoa, so pretty, pretty regular and normal thing to do. Um, but moving past uh, Jerry Judy, I saw this image today and it is a it is a cursed image. Uh, this is of uh, Ben Barton. Uh, sorry, Ben Barch, I should say. And it looks like he was selected in round four, I think. Let me, I'll, I'll look that up real quickly. Um, but it looks like he is a, yeah, he's a tackle uh, from St. John's University, drafted by Jacksonville in the fourth round. So we're talking about big boys, you know, this guy, obviously uh, a big boy. And for whatever reason, the graphic that uh, ESPN decided to put on the screen was of the daily protein shake uh, that Ben eats. And okay. this is, um, I mean, it might be the grossest thing I've ever heard of. Only, I think only because it says shake. I think it was like, if this was your breakfast, okay, fine. But the fact that he makes this into a shake is a problem. Okay, you guys oh, ready for okay, this? Okay, this is, so this, the, 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 the way you sort of prefaced this, I'm a little worried. Yeah, you said it, not, it would be oh, it would be okay as a breakfast, but it's bad that it was turned into a shake of some kind. Correct. So, so here we go. Ready? Oh. Seven eggs. Nope. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Thumbs down. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Okay. Well, we've got five more ingredients, so strap <laughs> in. The last ingredient is the Are most they less eggs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fourth ingredient is take four eggs out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So he starts with seven eggs. Cottage cheese. God. Uh, grits. Oh. This is an, a drinkable beverage. Okay, so we've got oh. eggs, we've got cottage cheese, we've got grits. Peanut butter. Okay. Banana. Mm. Gatorade. What? <laughs> Gatorade? Is that the last thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Just your God. classic eggs, grits, and Gatorade smoothie. <laughs> I mean, the rest of it, it's like... I, I see it's like all pointing in the same direction, at least, where it's like, I want a big bowl of cholesterol. But like uh, Gatorade is like <laughs> ruins everything. It's just the fact that he's doing that instead of water. Like he's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a football player. I got to get just got to put Gatorade in there. Because I mean, so so what ESPN was was doing yesterday and, and the day before that people were complaining about was they would. Uh, talk about the player being picked. Uh, they would do like uh, what what they were very good at, and then they would talk about some like tragic backstory or whatever. And it was getting to the point where it was like, uh, this is so and so wide receiver from uh, Arkansas. Uh, he's he's super tall, great vertical, um, great hands. He'll he'll t- he'll he'll get that ball if it's up in the air near him. Uh, he's he's getting that ball no matter what. Uh, and his mom is going to be hit by a car tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, and that's essentially what it was like. And this is somehow worse than that. This is so yeah, well, nasty. I saw a very funny tweet. It was the uh, it was the picture of Jose Mourinho when he's like throwing the headset off and he has like the yeah. really disgusted look mm-hmm. on his face. And it was like the NFL network when they find out a draft pick came from a good family where both parents are still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was like, yeah, God. that was, yeah, you're right. It was a very, uh, yeah, it was a very odd, like the, the NHL draft is always known for, um, 
comparables. Like that's their bad thing that they do. Like, cause most NHL players are just boring. They're just like, you know, white dudes that come from boring small town families or whatever, but they'll do like a guy will get drafted like 45th overall and it'll be like player comparable Wayne Gretzky. And you're like, well, yeah. I mean, probably not. Yeah, maybe that's, that could be a little. It's like, oh, well, he was a great scorer in junior. You know, he's got the same kind of thing as Gretzky. He loves to pass the puck from behind the net. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he could just be, he could be the next Gretzky. Who knows, you know? And you're like, well, okay, that's a little bit aggressive. Oh, wow. <clears throat> But yeah, this is a very troubling. I want to know what flavor of Gatorade. That's what's, And so you can see what I'm saying, though. Like, if this was a breakfast where it was all separate... Right. Like maybe maybe you put the peanut butter on the banana. You've got grits. You've got eggs. You know, maybe you mix some cottage cheese. I mean, it's a a truly insane amount of food, but obviously he's a professional athlete. So that's understandable. Like as a breakfast, I would have a a smaller amount of that. You know, I would have that breakfast spread out over like seven days. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That seems fine. (laughs) Yeah. One egg grits. Yeah. Tomorrow I'll have an egg and a banana. Yeah, I could do without the cottage cheese, maybe. Yeah, I, mean, I, co- I, I, I like. I, I feel like I liked cottage cheese as a kid. I don't think I would like it now. Um, but everything else yeah. there sounded fine. Um, yeah, but it's the idea of like putting it into a shake. And again, we, I just did, did, I did feel we get like, a picture of it? Do we see what it looks like? No, we didn't get to see. That's what I mean. Like it doesn't say the Gatorade flavor. We don't get a picture. Like, and also I yeah. don't know why this is like the info that he's giving. Like, obviously, ESPN probably would have had, like, you know, some intern or whatever reach out to everybody who might be drafted, being like, hey, do you have, like, a cool thing that you can tell us about that we can talk about if you get picked? And, like, he's, like, racking his brain. He's like, I don't know. I mean, I uh, I don't know. I well, eat this every every. Well, morning. maybe they ask them. Maybe they ask different questions, right? Maybe that maybe the ESPN producer was like, hey, what's the most fucking psycho shit about you? <laughs> well, maybe they were trying to get. Because they get the tragedy you were saying for everyone's life. And they were like, what's the most tragic thing that's ever happened to you? And he was like, oh, every morning. <laughs> yeah, that, that that could be it. Exactly. Yeah, uh, speaking sense. of tragedy, let's move on to our block tale. What did you tweet? You brought receipts. Block tale. Woo. No longer can see the post. It's a block tale. Woo. You probably deserved it. It's a Okay, Branson, I think sometimes when guests come on the show, I know what they're going to do for their block, but I have no clue. So I'm excited to hear what you have for us. So uh, I'm bringing today uh, my man, you know him, you love him, uh, Scott Adams, creator of... Uh, oh, oh, yeah. We love Scott Adams. Yes. He's, there must be other episodes with Scott Adams, right? He's like a pretty prolific blocker. We uh, had it, uh, we did a bonus episode where we talked yeah. about me getting blocked by Scott Adams. We brought uh, Will Menneker on and we talked about a lot of his weird uh, Scott yes. Adams weird like sex blog. Did you guys oh, see yeah. his uh, did you guys see his tweet today about how about. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's real good. Uh, he had um, or maybe it wasn't today, but I saw someone quote tweeted. It's from recently where he was talking about how um, only women are being born in China now or like only girls are being born in China and that that's like a symptom of the virus. And he's like, have you guys heard about this? It's like China's not talking about it, but like they're, they've only had girls there. So, oh, okay. Well, very I'm regular sure. and normal. I'll see if I can find the exact tweet for you, but anyway, go ahead, Branson. Uh, so 
you know, like uh, I think a lot of people my age is like when I was a kid, I liked Dilbert because I, I like didn't have taste yet. And like it just was <laughs> in the newspaper. And so I was just like, I read comics, so I would read Dilbert, too. And like it's I'm being too harsh. on like it was fine. It's like a completely just middle of the road, like newspaper comic. I don't feel too strongly either way about it. But I so I had like read all of his like. Dilbertology, like his, like he would do like Dilbert collections, and then there would be a lot of like writing from Scott Adams in them. And those, even as a kid, it sort of pinged me as like, this is like an angry man. <laughs> like there's just a, there's like a real vein and like a real thread of like uh, paranoia and like uh, disproportionate like anger in response to like very minor grievances. So that had like, been bookmarked and then like around I get god this was years ago this would have been like 2015 or 2016 he sort of started poking his head back up online as like a Trump guy and like a real like sort of early adopter MAGA guy this is like before Trump like took everybody out in the primaries too he was like no I think he's the best one and so I I think like a million other people like became fascinated with Scott Adams. Like, what's this guy up to? And that was also like right around the time when I'd started to do comics. So I was like, Oh, what, what better thing to do than like fuck with Scott Adams. So I started making uh fake Dilbert comic strips and I would tell, I would like keep tagging him and be like, Hey Scott, I was always curious about this Dilbert that ran in my newspaper when I was a kid. <laughs> and it was like, I made one that was like Dogbert was human size and Dilbert was like, dog size and dogbert had him in a crate and was like putting him to sleep and i had one where like dilbert was like nude he was just like completely naked in his office and was like all right dilbert old boy you only get one chance to fuck ratbert don't fuck this up and i kept like i would keep sending them to scott adams and be like hey could you like i always this always bothered me when i was a kid like what was up with this comic like we actually they stopped running Dilbert in my newspaper when I was a kid after this. And we had to have an assembly to talk about this comic strip. Like, what, <laughs> what were you going for with this? And he, I assumed he wasn't seeing them and he was just like ignoring them. And finally it was like, I was just like a Bugs Bunny that was like completely in the wrong where I was like, of course you realize this means war. And so I sent him one that I was like, there's no fucking way you're going to be able to ignore this one. And I drew Dilbert, pregnant with this was the hardest i had ever like worked on art at this point in my life with like the most realistic drawing i could possibly make of scott adams head like coming out of dilbert and it was like dilbert giving birth to scott adams and i just said that to him with like just a question mark of like what's up and finally then scott adams quote tweeted me or like retweeted me with like oh wow you you see what I put up with day after day. <laughs> and he must have blocked me right when he did, because I couldn't see that. But what I could see was suddenly like 500, like just like I get boomers or like people in their 60s were just like screaming at me at the top of their lungs. They're like, absolutely vile and just like you call yourself a cartoon. It's like, this is sick. Like who? I'm sure your parents are really proud of you. I, so I feel like around that time, he got really quick on the block finger. Um, yes. Because he's blocked, I would say, 50% of the people I follow, I feel like, have been blocked by Scott Adams. And it can be for pretty innocuous stuff, or it can be for stuff like that. Like, I got blocked 
for a similar reason, I drew a picture of Dilbert uh, and his penis curled up like his tie, and the head of his That's penis. Great. The head, yeah, and the head of his penis. Uh, or no, his pubes were curly pubes. like like his like the top of his head also. Right. So he had he had pubes that looked like the hair on top of his head, and I just tweeted I tweeted it at Scott Adams. He didn't block me then, but he did a Periscope uh, shortly after, and then I in the Periscope I in the comments there I I linked it to him, and then he blocked me uh, at that point. But yeah, he's wow. he's very very quick on the block finger now. Um, uh, look, he still I- is. I like get it too. It's like if I, if my entire existence online is like people who are funnier than me, like making fun of me, like I would probably just start blocking people all the time. That would be, that sounds like hell, but like your thing, especially it's like that. I don't know. That's like a little, there's almost something loving about it where it's like, I drew your popular character and I did the tie joke. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. There's something, there's like a way to take that. That's like a little warmer than like, fuck off. Yeah, you can sort of. I, I think if you sort of roll with the punches in that case, like, but he's he's completely incapable of that because he's just like totally like lost his mind. Like, have you read yeah. his blog at all? I've read it a little bit, and it is. I had it just made oh. me sad. I had to stop reading because I was like, oh, he's like really off the deep end. Oh, it's incredible. Let yeah, me, he he's, I, I, he's I obviously have... still yeah brings some stuff up. He's still blocking yeah. people. Uh, you can see on his Twitter like. He's been re this is just from today. He's like retweeting people who are talking about like getting blocked by him. Um, And then that tweet I was talking about earlier is he said, can anyone confirm that only girls have been born in China since the virus outbreak? I don't believe the rumor. Sounds like fake news that someone made up to punish China for their disinformation campaign in this country. That's like, do you needed to make a tweet? You needed to have a tweet to be like, hey, can someone just confirm that like it's only that is not only girls being born in China right now. This is very strange. It's kind of like, hey, dude, I just want to know what the pointy-haired boss is up to. You know, just like show <laughs> yeah. out on this weird shit. This this well, blog also... post. Well, I've got the blog post in front of me, John. The one. Okay. This is one of the ones we read um, on the episode of Will. Oh God, I don't I'll just so I'll just this. read I'll just read a couple paragraphs from it. I'll read the title of the blog post. Just just a couple paragraphs. December thirty first. That sounds innocuous, but you, by the mm. end of it, you're gonna hate. This, Dece- this is December thirty first, twenty fifteen. The title of the blog post is Hypnotizing You to Have the Best New Year's Day Ever. Part four. Oh, the I forgot about the hypnotism part. This Fuck. is part four. Okay. All right. Shit. Think this is this is he's he's writing this to his many readers. Think about the best lover you have ever had. Remember that person's scent and touch. Notice how the memory activates your feel-good chemistry. You have I'm noticed, noticing. Yeah, you have noticed that each lover it's like I yeah, I'm on, and I'm on each it right situation now. feels different on a chemical level. Your body's sexual chemistry is, by its nature, adaptable, diversified, and ready for new experiences. Imagine what would happen if you combined the best chemistry from your best orgasmic experiences into one cumulative experience. Do you think you would like that? It already started. Most of you have begun to feel the change. My email, dilbertcartoonist at gmail.com, is starting to fill with stories from readers who have had spontaneous orgasms since part one because they feel my intention, as you do now. For perspective, about 20% of the public would normally respond to my suggestions immediately. The rest of you require repetition, and you are getting it. So. I just, I'm loving, I love the idea that you have like a, like an earth shattering orgasm, and then you're like, go to your computer. 
to dilbertcartoonist at gmail.com. I got to email the Dilbert guy. Let him know. Hey, how thank hard you I just so came. much for this <laughs> orgasm I just I had. had an it was earth incredible. shattering orgasm. Yeah, and it was all you. It was all your hypnotism. It Thanks for drawing so Ratbert. It made me come. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, could you imagine if like Jim Davis talked like this? I can and I, I will. I mean, I can. Yeah, yeah actually, it's not a. <laughs> That thought experiment was way easier than I thought it would be. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Boy. Yeah, I'm just imagining a Jim Davis blog post where he's talking about, like, how Odie and Garfield had sex one time. Um, it's like, you know. I mean, there was, like, that time when uh, Grant Morrison, who did, like, The Invisibles, like, The Invisibles was about to get canceled, and he had, like, a note in the back of one that was, like, to my loyal readers, like, I need you to harness the power of your orgasms and I need everyone to come at this exact same time. And if you can, the invisibles will no longer be canceled. And apparently it's got to be for unrelated reasons, but it did work. Okay. And like the invisibles didn't get canceled, but like that happened. And then everyone in comics was like, Grant Morrison's the most out there guy in the world. And then like years later, Scott Adams without even trying just like accidentally completely beats him at his own game. Yeah, I like I'm thinking about it now. I would pay right now straight up just a thousand dollars to get like three of those emails at random that were sent to, to Scott Adams about, oh, about yeah. the orgasms. I'm just because like, what are they what are they going to be like? They're going to be like, uh, hey, uh, Mr. Adams, big fan. Um, I'm just wondering, are they bringing back the cartoon anytime soon? I really enjoyed it. P.S. I just nutted out a bone like. <laughs> God. I just love it's, how much uh, of a freak he is. He's a, he's a total freak. It fucking rocks. I yeah, was he's... reading a comic that you wrote about how uh, Wednesdays are really tough because it's the middle of the work week. Anyway, I had an orgasm that was like made me open my mind more than doing acid. <laughs> <laughs> the like jump from like what he creates to what he talks about. There's just no yeah. common ground. Yeah, and they sign off that email being like, and it was on a Wednesday, so I guess they're not so bad anymore. <laughs> uh, we got a great boy. listener block this week as well. And this is uh, th- this guy uh, pops up in our inbox quite a bit. Uh, you know, we talk about Scott Adams being very quick on the block finger. Here's another uh, another man who's very quick on the block finger, and that is Johnny Sun. Um, Johnny son, uh, you know, very famous, uh, Twitter personality whose whole thing was like, I guess, misspelling words like he was an alien or I don't know, whatever. So, uh, this block comes in from Cameron and he says, hi boys. I think I tried to send this story in as a listener. Oh, never mind. Uh, okay. Skip that part. This is the, (laughs) this is the story of how, well, he's just talking about how he didn't explain. Hey, you stole from me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, This is the story of how I got blocked from uh, got blocked by Johnny Sun. Part of Johnny's brand is his account at Tony Carebot, which is a Twitter bot he made that tweets things like remember to drink water and blink every hour of every day, which is so frustratingly infantile and cloyingly sincere and totally of a piece with his larger Twitter presence. I got really mad at it one day like a year ago. So I decided to make my own competing self-care account, but one specifically targeted at celebrities. You know, a boutique self-care experience not available to the hoi polloi. I decided my first client would be Sugar Ray's Mark McGrath, and I changed my Twitter name to Mark McGrath Self-Care Bot. And I tweeted something like, fuck at Johnny Sun's mass self-care bot. I'm starting a select self-care reminder service for only premium celebrities like at Mark McGrath. 
Johnny flat out <gasps> blocked me within 15 minutes with no acknowledgement of my genius. So for about three weeks, I would tweet three times a day at Mark McGrath messages like Mr. Sugar Ray, please remember to drink a sip of water or <laughs> Mr. McGrath. Don't look at the screen too long. Please get up and stretch your legs. <laughs> But absolutely no response from Mark himself until the bit felt played out, Cameron. Oh, God. I feel like Mark probably, if he saw it, I think he would enjoy it because he has a good sense of humor about himself. Yeah, so. I, I think he would. I, You know, we obviously had our run-in with Mark, and he seems like a pretty good guy. He's we got have. a good sense good of humor about himself. Yeah, it, it seems like he's got a good sense of humor about himself. So That's good yeah. to hear. Yeah, like when I, so when I, when John McCain died, weird way to segue in from promise it makes sense. I promise it does make sense. Uh, when he died, there was the video of, of his funeral procession um, where his like family was like leaving the, the funeral and they were in a very huge room that was very like echoey. So the music that was playing in there at the, at, at the time um, was, was echoing quite a bit. So what I did was I just, uh, I edited in um, Sugar Ray um, when it's over. Uh, sure. And I, added, I added like an echo effect. So it sounded <laughs> like it was playing in the room. And I tweeted, I was like, kind of a weird choice for John McCain's funeral. And then he found it and he was like, I don't know if this is real or not, but I, I'm honored if it is. <laughs> uh, and then I sort of went back and forth with him. And I was like, I just, I just found it. I don't know if it's real or not, but uh, thanks for being a good sport about it. And, and he was like, yeah, you know, I'm like kind of off the grid right now. So I don't really know what's going on, but he seems like a very nice guy. So that's good. To, yeah. I love them when I was in like fifth grade. I'm glad I don't yeah. have to like have like a Scott Adams with them. No, he seems like he's, he's definitely not at Scott Adams level. So that's, that's good. That's yeah. I guess it's like you got two options when you're the Sugar Ray guy. It's like be a good sport about it or like lose your fucking mind. Yeah. And he's yeah. he's embraced being the Sugar Ray guy. So, yeah. good for him. And we 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 respect that. Um, Did you guys see you, his uh what is it the uh cameo when you like buy a message from a celebrity? Oh. Did you guys no. see this? I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. We've seen a few cameos in our time, Branson. His yeah, cameo. So we, uh, you guys must have seen this, one, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. So he just really, the fact that he's doing that, like that's that's the sign that he has a good sense of humor. Yeah, he yeah. came off as a good guy. He was like, "Look, uh, I I have to read this cameo, uh, but that sucks that this person did this to you." Yeah, yeah. No, I he feel was good. For him. We we got a cameo from him like two days after that. Um, where we were trying to get him to apologize to someone for us. Oh, to uh, Kato Kalin. No, to apologize to our listeners on behalf of Kato Kalin doing an apology for Bam Margera. I don't know. We get really... It was this whole thing. I mean, it was a long narrative. And he actually like emailed me and he was like, hey man, I really want to do this cameo, but I don't quite understand what you're asking me to do. Can we like redo it? I don't really want to do what you're asking me. And so we like kind of we worked with him to make one that we ended up apolog we ended up getting Mark McGrath to apologize to himself on behalf of us in the cameo. So <laughs> very good. Was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a good time. I gotta uh, if say, you want to, sorry, go ahead, Branson. Oh no, just the the song choice of when it's over is like for Sugar Ray. That's like a relatively deep cut. That was like a really smart. That's my favorite Sugar Ray song. It's not no, I, it's good. It's just like yeah. you would think they would do like Fly or the. Uh, the what's the other one the um every morning every morning but you gotta know you gotta know their third hit to be able to do that one yeah 
every morning would be pretty dark to play at a funeral when the first words are every morning when I wake up. Yeah. It yeah, wouldn't like have been in. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. You know, it is what it is. I don't even think that's how exactly how it goes, but I think there is some line where it says that. Anyway, that's doesn't the first matter. Line. Who cares? Okay, yeah. Every but isn't it like every morning there's a heartache hanging from the corner? Is it? My, anyway, we can I look this up. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It's not like I could just sing the whole song right now if I wanted to. <laughs> but I definitely could. I just feel like there's that's in the song at some point. But because it's not the first line, I get confused. Anyway, doesn't matter. If you are listening to this and you want to send in a listener block, you can do so at blocked at blockedparty.com. And we may just read it on the show. You can also donate to the show at patreon.com slash blocked party, where $5 a month gets you access to three bonus episodes every single month. Uh, this month, it's been pretty darn good. We had uh, both uh, Jesse Farrar and Michael Hale from your Kickstarter sucks on the show for a fun little hangout episode. Uh, we just released the video episode of our of our live camp episode with Jamie Loftus this week and uh, we've got another video episode coming out next week uh, where Stefan teaches me how to play the online card game Hearthstone uh, so that should be a blast and we've got a lot of stuff planned for next month as well plus with your five dollars you get access to our discord channel which is uh, which is a blast and a really great community so you can check that out at patreon.com slash block party. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at blocked party pod. And you can also, uh, if you want to help us out, you can rate and review the show on iTunes. That always helps us in uh, their algorithms. Uh, Branson, before we go, we always like to end the show with a top three suggested by our guest. Uh, what do you have for us, please? Oh yeah. Um, uh, so I was, uh, I was watching, uh, uh, cartoons earlier and I was thinking this would be, a good one of a, a top three way that you would like to like be killed, but survive in a cartoon. Oh, oh, this is fun. Oh, I like Ooh, that. That's very good. Okay. All right. Do you want to go first? What's your number three, Branson? Yeah, I think mine is, I'm going to go with the very, the classic, like the piano falls on your head and you stick your head out and your teeth are piano keys. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a classic. Really, Real uh, basic. Really good. Yeah, sort yeah. of unclear the 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 physics of it, but I guess that's sort of the case for uh, maybe all of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say. Oh uh, yeah, physics don't matter. Physics no. don't matter. No, it's a cartoon, um, Stefan. It is. It is. Uh, should yeah. I go next, John? Yes. Okay. I so I I love this one, and it is when uh, the tunnel is painted on the side of the wall. Mm. Hell yeah. Um, and and to add another wrinkle to it, uh, you see like your enemy, your cartoon enemy run through the tunnel like there's no problem, which mm-hmm. is it's completely insane. And then you run into it and it doesn't work for you. So I don't know if you have to have some sort of he has like some sort of like uh, Bluetooth device uh, that you need to like to be able to actually properly go through the painted on tunnel. I don't know what it would be, um, but I, I think that's that's just a total classic. And then, you're of course, you're just flat as a pancake up against the wall, too. John? Yeah, that's good. I'm going to I'm going to put my own spin on one uh, that we've seen before because we were talking about uh, video games and jumping off of cliffs and stuff. And obviously, that's a very fun way of of doing things. Um, so what I'm going to do is it's going to be you guys remember the Looney Tunes uh, sketch where Bugs Bunny's like a diver. And he's like diving into the, yeah, to the like yeah. small yes. pool or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So so I would be doing a diving sketch like that, except as I'm diving, the water gets like 
removed like it turned kind of similar to the tunnel where it turns out like the water is a ruse and they move the water and it's just a tunnel and then so i'm diving and then i am tunneling into the center of the earth so i'm just like diving and diving and diving then they could do this bit where they show like the stratification of the earth and i'm like going through and you see like dinosaur bones and like thing they could do like little jokes of things like oh like maybe tupac is like buried or whatever like oh he is dead and then you know they <laughs> do i go like through all these like layers of the earth and then eventually i come to like the earth's core uh-huh. which is obviously molten and then that's what i dive into and then i have this moment of like oh cool i landed in water this is like totally fine and then i get incinerated to a crisp that's good that's, that's really very, good that's very good yeah okay. that's my number three branson so, your number luck. two uh, I think my number two would be that I see uh, like the prota- I'm not the protagonist of the cartoon, but the protagonist of the cartoon, they get up to something very strange indeed. And then it cuts over to me and I see it. And my reaction is now I've seen everything and I pull out a gun and shoot myself in the head. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good joke. I like that. That's yeah. a, they edit that out now, but that used to be a real popular one. <laughs> Now they just take a bunch of pills in the in the edit. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing, but different weapon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my number two. Um, I think I gotta go with the classic. Uh, this is something that I I wish I could do in real life. Um, which is you run off the cliff, and then you're like running in place for a few seconds, you know, or you're oh, like yeah. standing there until you look mm. down. That's mm-hmm. that's you mm. won't fall until you look straight down. Um, and then also when you fall down. Your head stays in one place and your neck just stretches out really long. And oh, then your head yeah. snaps down and follows you. And then, you know, there's a hole in the in the ground that's like shaped like you and, and everything. And uh, yeah, I think that one's just a nice, a nice clean cartoon death. So. That shit rules. I would mm-hmm. love to die yeah. like that. Yeah. John? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. My number two is that I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be tanning on a beach with um, like one of those like kind of mirror screens that's supposed to like you know direct the sun rays onto your face for tanning uh and then i fall asleep while that tanning thing is on my face and then my enemy my cartoon enemy takes like a giant spotlight and shines it on the mirror so that as i'm sleeping my face like slowly sets on fire so then i wake up and my face is on fire and then my cartoon enemy kind of like an itchy and scratchy vibe my cartoon enemy is like trying to help me so then it's like He's got like a sign. It's like pool of water or whatever. And my face is burning. So I'm like super excited. So I like dip my face in the pool of water and I'm very excited because I have now I've put out this fire and then I open my eyes underwater and then there's a ton of sharks and then the sharks just eat my face. That's good. That's a solid choice. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I almost said that one myself. That one's really good. (laughs) Branson, you're you're number one. Um, I think mine would be that I have booby trapped. It's another piano one. I booby trapped a certain key on a piano and I'm trying to get my cartoon rival to play. I think originally the joke is all those endearing young charms, but I'm trying to get him to play uh, bring me to life by Evanescence. And he keeps hitting, (laughs) keeps hitting the wrong notes. And I get so frustrated that I forgot I've booby trapped the key run up, push him out of the way and play the song beautifully exploding the piano and killing myself. Wow. Okay. I mean, great song joys. Yeah. They, that's going to that's gonna be hard to top. Yeah. Wow. Amy Lee is in this cartoon. I'm hoping. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> I can we don't into 
I'm gonna like open doors. Well, I'll let John right? finish. That's here. Like, it's like yeah. run into my arms with open doors or something. <laughs> anyway, I will. Yeah. Uh, my number one. <laughs> Great song. Uh, just just straight up ripped from uh, Wiley e. Coyote and the Roadrunner. Uh, and this is one of my favorites. Is when he it's when he gets the big uh, catapult, and he's trying to hit the Roadrunner with like a huge boulder. And I don't know if this is the first time he tries it. Because I think he has a few tries with the catapult. My favorite one is he's standing kind of like behind the catapult and he's got like a string and he has to pull the string. And this boulder is huge, okay? And the catapult's all ready to go. It's all loaded. It's like stretched back. And he pulls the string after the ro- the roadrunner runs by, speeds by, does the meet meat bullshit. And then he pulls the string to release the catapult and the rock just like rolls backwards slightly and just crushes him. And it's just so tragic, you know? Oh, and yeah. Uh, and I, I love it, you know, um, so I'm going to go. It's a nice it's a kind of a simple one, but that's um, one of my all time favorites. So I'm it's elegant. It is, you know. Yeah. John. Uh, OK, mine is uh, my my number one is uh, golf related. We haven't really done a sports one here. So I'm uh, I get an invitation to go golfing with my enemy and I'm like, whoa, they're actually there. You know, this is cool. Um they want to go golfing with me. This is so nice. Um, the episode's called like join the club, you know, or something like kind of cool like that. And then we go out and we're just like driving in the golf cart and we're just having like a beautiful day. It maybe shows us like golf a little bit. And I'm just like, wow, I'm so glad that, you know, we could be friends and enjoy this beautiful day of golf together. Uh, and then he's driving the golf cart and he like makes a sudden movement with the golf cart right by the tee box. And I like tip out of the golf cart and I get hurt. And then he like nails me to the ground with my, like my arms and legs and then use, and then puts a tee in my mouth. And so then I'm like, oh shit, like he's going to tee off from my mouth. So then he hits the golf ball and it's just a totally clean shot. He just hits it down the driveway and I'm like, oh, phew, hits it the driveway, hits it down the fairway. And I'm like, oh, phew, this is great. He wasn't actually going to hit me with the golf club. It's no big deal. Um, and then Ellen Nordegren, Tiger Woods, first wife comes out of the bushes and hacks me to death uh, with a golf club. And this cartoon's from 2009. That's very topical then. That's very yeah, fun. So th- and then Tiger Woods is like, he comes out too in the cartoon. He's like, whoa, relax. You know, and then she chases after him. And then it does the like spotlight, like, and then it's the end. You should try to write on the new Looney Tunes they're doing. These are really inspired. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just, I've been watching a lot of the Simpsons lately. So I feel like Itchy and Scratchy is like, you know, kind of up in the old dome here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're just having some fun out here. But uh, yeah, that was a great, wow. What a great top three. I mean, holy oh, thank that's you. A, very fun. That's an all timer. Very yeah, fun. Thank you, Branson. Absolutely. My um, pleasure. Branson, uh, we are here at the end of the show. Uh, before we go, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah. Uh, you know, the podcast, uh, Rude Tales of Magic. Check it out. If you liked me on this, it's uh, it's very different, but I think you'll like it anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's, a good, it's Dungeons and Dragons podcast. It's fun. Uh, uh, yeah, oh. I've heard lots of people be, you know, say things like, uh, you know, other live play podcasts are very bad and this podcast is insanely good and I love it even though I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. Like, yeah, I feel like if someone's listening and feels like the Dungeons and Dragons thing is a barrier, what I'm trying to say is I've heard many people say that You'll it's like extremely this. funny, yes. even if you're not a a live play person or a D&D person. I hope so. And if you don't like it, you know, just obviously like keep that to yourself. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it doesn't help me. Uh, I'm not looking for notes. I'm pretty married to the tone of it so far. But uh, <laughs> I uh, the other one is uh, I have a book coming out in June from Oni Press, a book of my comics. 
that you can pre-order. Uh, it's you go to Oni Press. It's very easy to pre-order. It's called Hell Was Full. It's a collection of my daily comics. It's when I did my year of daily comics. It's all the good ones and none of the bad ones. I cut those out. Uh, and then there's a bunch of new ones. So it's like a good deal if you already read them. You're still getting new comics. Uh, and you know, while I'm pitching stuff, if you could give it a good review on like Amazon or Goodreads, I'm actually getting torn apart. People hate it. <laughs> There's a lot of reviews from like old people that's like, what is this? This is disgusting. And like, <laughs> as funny as that is, that like really fucks my bottom line up. So it, even if you don't buy it, like a good review would really go a long way. We can we can make that happen. Right. We can make that happen. We have lots of good reviews. Uh, Stefan, is there anything you need to say before we go? No, I think we're uh, I think we're all good. Okay, great. So yeah, also, uh, if you haven't RSVP'd yet, we do have another live show coming up this Friday, May 1st, uh, with Will Weldon. Uh, That's going to be another live show on Zoom. Uh, The last couple have been super fun. Uh, This one is going to be in support of uh, WaveAw. That's a charity we've talked about on this podcast before. It's Women Against Violence Against Women. It's a it's a crisis shelter here in Vancouver, and obviously they're going through some tough times right now with the coronavirus. They lost one of their major fundraising events uh, as because of that, so we're trying to help them out. So all the proceeds from that show are going to go to that. So if you haven't yet, if you haven't attended a previous Blocked Party live show and you want to attend this one, uh, send us an email at live at blockedparty.com, and uh, we'll make sure to get you on the mail out so that you get the Zoom link. And, and the show is free, uh, but obviously we take donations after the show, and uh, we've raised over $1,000 for charity so far through the couple shows we've done. So hopefully we raise some more for a great cause this Friday. So that's Friday, May 1st with Will Weldon. We're just going to be watching crazy videos. It's going to be called Blocked Party TV, and all three of us are going to bring some of our favorite internet videos to watch and uh, and talk about. So should be a blast. So tune in for that. And like I said, you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash block party. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at block party pod. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. We hope that you're staying well and uh, staying inside and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye everyone. Bye.